recording. Okay. Uh, welcome to the revitalization of Health or Hoax. Uh, we're on the other side. We have graduated. Dan, Blake, and I uh, have graduated from chiropractic school. And so we're going to revitalize this podcast uh, by talking about our experience as new graduates and our experience um, getting different types of jobs. So what kind of job prospects are available to new grads? Because we're all doing kind of different things. So um, let's get to it. Say hi, Blake. Hey, guys. Uh, excited to get back and going. I'm going to start chatting with you guys. And Blake, what's what's your um, handle? Where, pe- where can people find you? What's your business? Yeah, so- my business is Cairo Strength Twin Cities. I'm located in kind of a northern metro area of the Twin Cities in uh, Minnesota. Cool. And most of my social media stuff is just my name, Blake Lockster Camp. Easiest cool. way to find me. And uh, Dan, say yeah, hi. Tell, tell tell people what you're doing. Yeah. I, first off, I have to say I liked the other side of the trench. It's like we were in war or something. (laughs) That's not what I said. (laughs) That's not what I said, but I'm glad that that's what you heard. I like that. Yeah, that's what I heard. Like the other side of the, the other side of the trench, I thought, thought it was. Yeah, it did kind of feel like that. Yeah, exactly. I do get flashbacks sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have PTSD (laughs) from chiropractic. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh my goodness, do I have to study? Is there a test coming up? Oh boy. Especially with like Dr. Farr or someone. Anyway, hey everyone. Uh, My name is Dan. I am owner and founder of Vector Sport and Spine Chiro and Rehab. Uh, in the south metro of the Twin Cities in a city called Burnsville. Uh, You can find me at Vector Sport and Spine on uh, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and uh, Instagram. So go check out my stuff. See if you uh, like what you see and give it a a like. Cool. Um, I'm Anthony Davis. So you can find me at Shapeshift Wellness on all the places. So um, we're all doing kind of different stuff stuff, but we all own some kind of business. Um, you know, a lot of people are not going to take that route. So I think I'm, I'm the only one out of us who did go get a job as well. Um, I think most new graduates are probably going to get a job when they graduate. Um, probably because most people suck at business and it's fucking scary to start a business. Just a little bit. Yeah, I think it's the scary part more than anything. It's really is not yeah. that hard. I, I I shouldn't say it's not that hard. But like <laughs> I think it, it's I think it's the fear of the unknown that <laughs> probably stops most people. It's so easy. Oh, yeah. barely an inconvenience. <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's I think it's mostly that it's scary, um, and they don't. Yeah. There's no clear blueprint. But also, we aren't really taught a good, clear blueprint, even in a business class where we made a business plan. I think, right. you know, most people's yeah. business plan was go get a job. <laughs> yeah, we had one class where we did that. But I think in general, it doesn't it doesn't prepare you at all, because if you're going to run and own your own business, it doesn't prepare you for the state stuff. It doesn't prepare you for entrepreneurship how do you talk to other businesses how do you talk to other people about your business and still maintain right like being a clinician right that's what you went to school for is to being a clinician now all of a sudden you have to think about taxes payroll did i oh fuck i gotta i gotta do my taxes fuck yeah (laughs) it is tax season it is tax season so good luck with that Anthony. 
Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I hired an accountant for the first time in my life. And we'll see how that goes. I, I don't understand any of it. <laughs> this is a, a real learning curve. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. Um, hey, by the way, let's let's just zoom out for two seconds. Okay, so for people listening, um, what we're all doing, uh, you know, big picture, I it, it have a job part-time. I'm working at Highland Sport and Spine at a place near me in Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm using that. I got a good job. I feel really good about it. Very evidence-based, you know, forward-thinking type of practice. I can practice how I, however I want because the way that I naturally would practice happens to align with the way the clinic is. Um, and they pay well. So they that allows me the free time if I work there part-time to have my own business on the side, which I can get into that later. But big picture is I have a part-time job that pays my bills and then I am creating my own business on the side. And eventually there's going to be a tipping point where my own business makes enough money that I can, I don't need the additional financial support. I don't have any other, uh, you know, I don't uh, have a wife um, who, I don't have a second income uh, coming in to help, you know, pay for rent and stuff like that. So I have to have that second job in order to do that. So that's what I'm doing. Um, Dan, quickly, you know, or, or, you know, what's the big um, picture for what you're doing? Yeah. Right now, obviously I started Vector Sport and Spine, but it's similar. I'm married. My wife works as well. So she's providing a lot of the income for us to live off at this point in time. But even with me opening up my own practice, right. Uh, I still have to have uh, a secondary income as well, just to make sure that I make ends meet along with the student loans coming up. Right. So I have to prepare for those as well. And so what I'm doing right now is I, my niche is sports. So I'm coaching baseball through a group called Minnesota MASH. They're out of, based out of Egan, Minnesota. I'm coaching part-time and then I'll be doing uh, their national team coaching over the summer, which will provide a good chunk of income for me as well as I am uh, actually door dashing as well to help make ends meet. And so like just there's, there's a supplementary income that I'm doing, but my focus is hundred percent getting this business off the ground with that part-time part-time income. Cool. And uh, Blake, what are you up to? Yeah. So kind of similar, uh, mostly full-time at the clinic building that up. I fill in occasionally at the joint chiropractic uh, somewhere between one and three times a month. I'll pick up a shift there. And then uh, in the next couple of weeks, I might actually start teaching some fitness classes at a gym that's near my clinic. So trying to, trying to similar with Dan, with the baseball, trying to find a part-time job that like will also build my business. Mm -hmm. Cause like me going and working at the joints 35 miles from my clinic isn't really helping other than the money. So trying to balance that. How do you like it at the joint? Are, are you enjoying it? It's fine. I mean, it's just, straight adjusting that's all you do walk-in appointments um you know the exam they expect you to just kind of do you know they take a history in the new patient paperwork you kind of glance at it you make sure they're not dying do some range of motion do a couple orthopedic tests and then you're good to go which is fine for the most part occasionally i've had a few patients where i'm like you guys need more, but you're, unfortunately, that's not what I'm getting paid for. 
Yeah. And, you know, I'm, and I'm not supposed to do soft tissue. I'm not supposed to do, you know, I can give exercises here and there, but I'm not supposed to do like rehab or anything. The appointments are supposed to be five, five-ish minutes long. So the, the company the, that you're working for is restricting your ability to practice in a way that you would want to. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't fit their model. Yeah. Um, which isn't, isn't the best care, which is, is an interesting dynamic. I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't intend to stay there too long. If I get this part-time job at the gym, I'll probably probably stop filling in there. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, but I just point that out because I think that's important that people understand that, you know, a lot of times where the money is at in this profession are, you know, is going to be with clinic owners. So a lot of people are going to go out and get jobs because that's the easiest way to just start making money right away. But the, the, where the places that pay better are seeing more patients faster. And because of the quickness of the visit, you don't have time and the, and you're just, you can't provide high quality healthcare. Um, so people yep. are going to be, and then, but, but I think that a lot of people will get sucked into that. Like you're not, you're clearly, you've already got one foot out the door. You're trying to, you know, you know, get your own thing going as quickly as possible. But a lot of people are going to get stuck in that because they've got, um, fucking, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I've got $300,000 of fucking student loan debt to pay off, you know? So if I had a, yeah. a job immediately upon graduation that paid me, you know, good six figure income and I didn't like the way I practiced, but I was paying all my bills and paying off my debt. I don't know that I would leave. It would be really hard. It'd be really hard to leave that. Yeah. And I feel like that's the dilemma coming out of if, school. If right? the joint yeah, I think so. If the joint was paying me that much, I would probably work there for a couple of years. Yeah. Pay off, right. pay off my loans. And, and like, but, like uh, before I interrupted Blake there, the, the, that's the dilemma you face as a student, right? Like being married to my wife, having $250,000, $300,000 in debt is a massive amount of money. And in Minnesota, there's you're not going to get those hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollar a year jobs. That's just not doable in the state of Minnesota with how, how things are. But I think that's what pushed me towards running a business is I could go work for someone who might have a great system. I could make a lot of money on commission, right. As a chiropractor, right. Which is a whole nother topic we can talk about later, but at, at the end of the day, am I doing what I want to do? It doesn't match the passion that I have moving forward. And I think that's why I opened up my practice because I didn't want to be stuck in a system I didn't agree with. If I, if I was in that type of situation, I would, I would be so miserable, even though I'm making money and paying off loans, right. That, that would, that would be the trade-off in most cases for me specifically. And I, I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. But I think I think saying you'd make a lot of the money is probably pretty misleading because most associates don't make that much money. Yeah. So that, loans and live. That's for sure. Right. So let's 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 talk about that real quick. So if you get a basically let's let's zoom out again just for a second. When you graduate, there are a lot of options available to you. Okay, to, to make money in you know with your degree. So if you graduate, and this could be 
you know, I think all the same things would go, whether you're, a, um, you graduate as a chiropractor or, you know, a physical therapist, probably they have a, a, a maybe more opportunities within the medical field and at hospitals than yeah. we do. Um, we kind of don't have those opportunities, but, um, the same general concept, I think applies to both situations Even and, trainers and athletic trainers. Yeah. Athletic. Tra- well, I don't know about that, but like personal trainers, you can start your own or get a shitty job working for like a lifetime or a big box gym. Yeah. Yeah. And they could buy a gym too. So, cause that's what I was going to mention here is like, basically when, when we are coming up on graduation, when we were coming up on graduation, the main options that seem to be floated around by people in our um, cohort, our classmates were get a job, work for somebody else. That's one option. Um, start your own business from scratch. That's another option. Buy somebody else's practice mm-hmm. outright. Uh, that's that's another option. Um, some combination of any of those, or essentially, um, you know, I guess you could go into research. Um, there are people. I guess there are probably some more obscure. I mean, research some fellowships. More- yeah, you could get a fellowship, you could get a residency. There aren't a lot of fellowships and residencies available in uh, the chiropractic profession, but you could you could do that. What else? Is there anything else that people could do when they yeah, graduate? Yeah, I don't know what it what it's like coming right out of school, but you have like the third party like examiners. I think you usually need some sort of experience with that though. So oh, the the IMEs, the independent yeah, the IME. medical examiners, IME. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So you basically that job is you review other chiropractors notes and for the insurance. So you work for the insurance company and you review notes and you audit them to make sure that they're not writing crappy notes basically. And um, I think they kind of are pressured to deny claims. They're trying to look for reasons to deny claims, but you do get paid well from what I understand. Yes. You get paid fairly well. I mean, Greg Friedman talks about it all the time. How he's always like, do better bulletproof bulletproof. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So th- those are, those are the basic options. Um, I think most, all of us, well, Blake, you didn't really consider buying a practice, did you? Not really. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I think there were, you did, right? Yeah. Me, yeah. Dan, you and I both real like really, really considered it. Um, yeah. So there are a number of places that you can go, um, you know, practice brokers uh, that you can, you know, and, and progressive practice sales and um, basically, play, you know, brokers that sell businesses um, yep. that you can try to buy a business from. And there are all kinds of books that you can read. And I read a lot of them and it seemed like a really good idea. I really liked that idea because then you walk into a, a clinic that already has a patient base. You have people coming in the door on a regular basis. If you can buy it and try not to change anything, then you might be able to immediately walk into a big boy salary. You know, yeah. that's, that's the idea. That's how it was portrayed to me. But and I think I think the big boy salary has to do with having just a stable revenue that even if you couldn't take a salary right away, your business isn't negative right away. And it, it isn't you're not like seeing two patients, you're seeing maybe 50 to 100 patients or more buying something. Right. You you have maybe. some kind of, yeah, depending, yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's the point here is like 
you, even if you look at all their books and the books are good and, you know, they've got a really consistent track record, they're profitable. Um, you like the business model, you practice in the same way as the doctor who you're going to buy their practice. Uh, you're still dealing with the fact that most of these practices are like 200,000, they're selling for about 200 to $500,000. And so that's, that's actually not a, that's not a very big business. That's, um, their gross revenue. It's not, well, it's actually not, it's, it's their net times 1.3 or 1.5 or something like that. So, but the point is like their gross revenue might be under half a million, which is kind of not a bit, not a really big business. It's just not when you have employees that that money goes out the door real quick. Um, So you, you might have one, you might have just one chiropractor there or maybe two, and then maybe a massage therapist. Um, so you're not, you're replacing the star of the show. You're replacing the person who like carried this, you know, business from infancy and you're going to replace the star of the show and nobody's going to notice, you know, it's like every time they replace a new Batman, right. You get a new, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, you get a, you get a new actor and people either love him or hate him. Have you guys seen the new one yet? No, No, do we have another? There's another Batman that just came out. Is it, is it no longer Christian Bale? No, it's uh, Robert Pat. How do you say it? Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. 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 I think he's famous from like the Twilight stuff, but I've, I've heard he's good and has a lot of good indie films. I've heard good things about the new Batman. Yeah. More, more detective focused. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I'm debating whether or not I should go see it because I, I really love the Christian Bale series. So it's like, do I want to like see another one? And not a huge Robert Pattinson fan, but I'm not a huge fan of Twilight. I didn't mind him in Harry Potter, but they got the fucking Twilight guy. The, okay. <laughs> Jeez, but, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You guys are saying that, but everybody I talk to is like, yeah, he has those two big blockbusters, but he is incredible in all of the indie films he's in. Okay. Which is like okay. 95% of his work. It's just people know him as the Twilight guy. Okay. Yeah. Fair okay. enough. I'll give him a we'll chance. But, yeah. Yes. But yeah, so yeah, point being, and that like perfectly highlights, like everyone has an immediate snap reaction and you guys see him as a twilight guy your new half your patient base might this guy is than me fuck that you know fuck him i'm leaving yeah yeah without ever meeting you yep well that's yeah i i get that all the time because i (laughs) i feel like i paint a target on my back like you know the way that i wrote my biography on uh on you know our clinic website and stuff like that people are going to read that and take one fucking look at that uh because my biography is just really um revealing of my you know history and uh, people are going to fucking love it or hate it Mm -hmm. a lot of times And they're just never, and I'm never going to know even, you know, so you're going to, you'll, you'll walk into this practice because the, the, um, profession is so personality driven that you, yeah, you, you can, you, you walk into a practice that on paper looks great. And then your personality is just different enough that you lose half your patients. And that yeah. doesn't seem like it's uncommon. So it's a, it's well, a big risk. It is a huge and risk. If, and that was one of the things that when I was looking at buying, we can go into details later, but I fit the personality really well. 
didn't agree with a lot of necessarily the background of what the patients were saying, but I was very similar in style and stature and basically personality, how do I inter- engage with the patients to this previous doctor? That's why I considered buying it so heavily was because it wasn't, it wasn't a huge shift from me, uh, from the other doc to me. Now there are, there are other things like the finances of the company, how long it had been there, like what he had done in the past 10, 15 years that all just kind of made me not take it. But, um, it, it, it really, the personality makes or breaks, uh, this agreement basically. Yep. I mean, that's another solid point, you know, and you can talk about it if you'd like, but not shockingly, not every business owner and not every chiropractor does things correctly or ethically. So uh-huh. if you buy someone's practice, we've been doing sketchy shit for the last 30 years. <laughs> like that's yeah, you, you just inherited a fucking time bomb. You know, now, and I mean that applies to working for someone too. Like uh uh we have a classmate that uh, I don't know if you guys talked to him about it, but I won't I won't toss his name out there, but he was considering working for somebody for like pretty heavily and it was a good salary. But then he found out that like he might be doing some sketchy billing stuff. And he's like, yeah, I've, you know, as soon as you sign a contract to work for that person, like you are now part of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're yeah. liable for that. So. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so that's buying a practice. So that's one option. Um, another option is getting a job. So let's talk about getting a job. Um, I'm, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, mainly you are I, I you're the one that actually has one, right? So you've had some of that experience. You know, after being in chiropractic school, it's been so long since I've considered myself a person who has a job. <laughs> it's a new Just feeling. School, 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 job. Oh boy. What do I do? I welcome it. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So I, yeah, I have a job, uh, and yeah, so I, I decided to get a job working for somebody as an associate doctor at their clinic. Um, there are, I know, you know, from our classmates, um, a couple of major things, you know, I think that are sticky with getting a job. The main two things are, do they practice, are they going to let you practice in an ethical evidence-based way? Or are they, you know, kind of pseudoscientific and um, into a bunch of bullshit and forcing you to have really, really short appointment times and, and just forcing you to see as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. Um, and I'm assuming that people listening to this are not, they don't want that to begin with. If that's what you want, I don't know, go uh, somewhere else, <laughs> but the, the point is like, so life choices. yeah, yeah. Th- sit down and think about what you've done. <laughs> if you're say you're truly helping people in that setting, are you actually helping people? Like seriously, people think about it. Yeah. I think, I think the ethical practice is going to be another podcast (laughs) and what that looks like. But uh, yeah. So mainly like, are you going to feel good about working there? Do you feel like you're doing what you want to do? And secondly is, are they going to pay you (laughs) enough money to live? So on that note, most of the people, I don't think that, I don't think those two things happen at the same time. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem is people are like, well, I could, I could work for this guy that I really love and respect. And I want to learn from this. And I want to have this like mentorship relationship. It's going to be great, but he's not going to pay me much. Or I could go, I could go see like 
a patient every five minutes, you know, on the dot at this clinic and make a lot of, you know, a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, when you yeah. graduate with as much student debt as we have, um, and our reimbursements from insurance are as low as they are compared to other medical professionals, it's a really tempting offer to take that. Yep. So yeah. um, ranges though. So I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if it's, we'll have to talk about this, whether it's appropriate to talk about our own, you know, finances and stuff on the podcast. I'm not going to do it today, but just yeah. general ranges from, you know, classmates, it seems like new graduates who are looking for full-time employment at, you know, as an associate are getting offered. Usually, I, usually it's some kind of commission based. So it, you get paid per re- by a percentage of your reimbursement. Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you can negotiate a salary. Um, that's what I tried to do because I wanted more stability right when I graduated. Um, and or you could do a, com- a combination of one of those or maybe some bonus structure. But generally speaking, people are being offered anywhere from like $35,000, which some of some people are going to hear that and be like, he did. He, oh, did he say 135? No, $35,000 as a new doctor of chiropractic, you're going to get totally screwed. <laughs> I don't know how you can pay your bills with that. Um, and then uh, maybe on the high end, let's say 60 to 70. Yeah. Yeah. Right. On average, like there's always those outliers, but that the highest sure. I saw on a regular basis when I was looking at towards the undergrad school is probably the the max I saw on a regular basis was like 70,000, 70 to 75 was usually the range at the high end. But that again was like, you need three years experience or you need like two years experience or you need to have these special certifications. You have to be certified in crap activator or something. I don't know. Or or it might be a catch. It might, there might, (laughs) yeah, it might be a lot of times. Yeah. It's a catch where it says, yeah, totally. We'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, by the way, you have to generate all of your own leads. We we're not feeding you patients. You got to go out there and market for us. So not only are you working here at the clinic full time, you're also going to events and doing outside marketing for us. And you only get a commission on the uh, percentage of the income that you bring in. So Sure. Cool. You could make a hundred grand if you had a packed schedule, but how are you going to get your schedule packed? So now you're doing your own sales. What the hell was the point of getting the job in the first place then? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. Another, the other option is starting your own business basically, right? Unless there's anything else you guys wanted to say about getting a job. Yeah. So I had one more thought on it. There is, um, I looked at overseas work a lot now uh, for students who are looking at uh, overseas jobs and whatnot, make sure you're going to a country where it's legal and you're not going to get arrested for practicing chiropractic, right? That's step number one. There's a, uh, the international, what is it? The international federation of chiropractic has a website where they give you all the legal ease on, which countries have which rules and if it's legal to actually practice chiropractic in, in those countries. So go check it out if you're curious. But there are a lot of good opportunities overseas because the United States is looked at as kind of the top tier education um, wise regarding chiropractic. It's usually a master's or sometimes even a bachelor's in other countries. There are some really good financial opportunities overseas. You just have to be careful because like what Anthony was saying earlier, you'll run into these practices where all of a sudden now you're just a mill. You don't 
teach people anything. You don't say anything. You just tell them they're sick. They're not, they're not in alignment. So you have to crack them and they're going to be healthy because of that. So just be careful of that. But there are opportunities overseas to get those jobs well that are well-paying and give you a good experience. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah. I mean, that when I heard some of those opportunities, I was like, oh shit, I get to tra- travel to Singapore and make $500,000. I think right. that one, I think that was a scam. I'm pretty sure that was a scam. It was a scam. Yeah. So, so I have to say this yeah. really quick. When I got on the interview, he's like, oh, the first year you'll make like 50,000, second year, 150,000, third year, 250. So by year five, you'll make $500,000. So be yeah. careful. Be yeah. careful. Also, I still am not convinced that that's true, that you would actually make that much money. But Singapore is expensive to live in. I don't, I don't, so I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I, I smell a scam. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, (laughs) Zoom is actually about to kick us out. So we're going to have to figure out a better platform in the future. But why don't we do this? Why don't we cut this podcast here? And let's say, so that's part one of job opportunities. And part two, we'll talk about starting a business because that's what all of us have in common is we are, you know, different types of businesses, but we're all trying to start a business of some kind. We'll talk about that um, because I think we'll want to get more into that anyway. So let's do that as part two um, uh, for the next podcast. Um, So that's it for this one. Thank you guys for joining. Um, I'm Anthony. You can find me at Shapeshift Wellness. Dan, what's your handle again? At Vector Sport and Spine. And Blake? And you can find me, Blake Lockster Gamp or Cairo Strength Twin Cities. Cool. Um, All that'll be in the show notes. So we'll see you in another episode.